This is the 63rd episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week I watch and analyze. Last week it was 20 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News. You'd never want to. Let's get right into the headline. Last week was trippy. Run for your lives. Title 42 has ended. And the Hunter Biden nothing burger. The clip I'm about to play you is an entire week condensed down to two minutes of the same story being pushed on all four shows that I surveyed last week. Here you go. Uh, Goodbye to Title 42. Title 42 ends on Thursday. Title 42 ending. Title 42 is set to expire on Thursday. Title 42. Single male migrants pouring into Texas to legal immigrants to surge the border. One of the biggest single groups of migrants we have ever seen crossing the border illegally. 42 is now set to expire this Thursday. We have waves of illegal immigrants now lined up as far as the eye can see. Title 42 expires in a line almost as far as the eye can see. Nonstop flow of illegal immigrants crossing the border like we've never seen before. What could be the largest migrant surge in U.S. history on Thursday? Nearly six million migrants have crossed our border since Biden took office. Thousands of migrants will flood ports of entries within days. With Title 42 now set to expire on Thursday. 42 set to expire in less than 24 hours. Just over 24 hours until Title 42 expires. We- Title 42 expires tomorrow. We're catching invading our country. Title 42 ends tomorrow. Title 42 is set to expire in just over 24 hours. Thousands of migrants pre- prepare to cross over when Title 42 ends. We're just a little over 24 hours from uh, the uh, Title 42 ending. Even with Title 42 in place. Title 42 is expected to expire uh, tomorrow night. Title 42 expired invasion. Title 42, I'm checking my watch, is coming to an end. Title 42 expires, the border is wide open. Title 42, it's over at midnight. Title 42, it- We are less than four hours away from Title 42 expiring. Title 42, 11.59 p.m. this evening. Title 42. Title 42 going away, as Chad Wolf said. Thank Title 42 you. is set to expire in a matter of hours. 42 now set to expire in less than three short hours. Title 42 has come and gone, and the migrants keep coming, guys. But Title 42 is over. They're all trying to get in. So now we're watching the end of Title 42, and we are in the middle of an invasion from thousands, if not millions of people we know nothing about. Title 42 now terminated. The border has been invaded. Thousands rush to the U.S. border as Title 42 ends. I realize it's a very long audio clip to start a podcast with, but I really wanted to drive the point home how hard Fox News hit that story. It was It just dominated all of their coverage. So since I started this project in February 2022, the demise of Title 42 has loomed large over Fox News. As the public health rule was nearly repealed last year, the network included histrionic segments complete with a countdown clock, along with dire predictions of a country overrun with teeming masses of criminal gangs, fentanyl smugglers, and future Democratic voters. Fox also heavily pushed the anticlimactic reveal of bank statements linked to Biden family members displayed by Representative James Comer as part of the congressional investigation into Hunter Biden. (laughs) So very much Fox News was two stories last week and two stories just repeated over and over and over. So Fox News dedicated more than half its airtime 
last week to Hunter Biden or the xenophobic fear-mongering about the end of Title 42. The programming felt a bit like a broken record, playing the same sad tune on repeat. As usual, the network completely ignored stories that didn't align with its agenda, such as a climate-related disaster in Africa, religiously motivated executions in Iran, and possible ethical misconduct by Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. That story's not going away, and uh, Fox News just continues to ignore it. Before I get into a breakdown of Title 42, I want to give a shout-out to my sponsor. This project is made possible by the Town Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY, that's City University of New York. It is a state school. I am a graduate of that program, not a student. I was also a non-traditional graduate, so much older than 25. I won't say how old I am. Just, I'll just say I'm much older. Gen X. So lots of Doc Martens in my apartment and, uh, you know, black clothing. I, that's, that's what I associate with the 90s. Anyway, the grant that basically pays for this project is a micro-budget project is expiring in August, and I'm hoping to make this project completely self-funded. I'm not there yet. Uh, it, it's going to take a minute, but I'm basically saving all of the money I've made off Substack and Patreon in a separate account. So when my grant does evaporate in mid-August, I will hopefully coast to the point that I'll eventually get there where I am self-funded. It's getting there slow, but it's getting there. I have hope. Um, if you would like to become a supporter of this project, you can do so at my Substack for Decoding Fox News. I also have a Patreon for Decoding Fox News, and there's a little dollar sign next to my name uh, at my Twitter. And I want to just give take a moment to thank anyone who has supported this project for any amount. It just means the world to me. Thank you so much. If I become self-funded, I can do whatever I want. No one can uh, censor me. Nobody can walk in and say, no, 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 you have to push this. You have to push that. I can give you the unadulterated uh, breakdown of Fox News every single week, along with occasional craziness by former President Donald J. Trump or whatever. I can, I'm free, basically, if I remain self-funded, which is, I think, important for the integrity <laughs> of what I'm covering. The minute a corporation comes in and tells me what to do, then I don't have that. And uh, a lot of larger media companies are scared to touch a project like this because I am f narrowly focused on Fox News. And they don't want to be seen as partisan, and I understand that. So that's why, like, Media Matters, for instance, is a, is a nonprofit. And um, I think because this is such a tiny, tiny project, I could survive self-funded and that I don't have, you know, 50 people to pay and a building to pay rent on and stuff like that. It's me. This project is me and me and me and my cats, Odin and Thor. Okay, now that I've rambled way too much, let's get into Title 42. And here we go. Title 42 explained. Fox News presents Title 42 as a cut and dry law that has made entering the United States more difficult. But in reality is far more complicated. Title 42 actually refers to Title 42 of a 1944 public health law allowing limitations on migration for the sake of protecting public health. The term has come to mean a specific rule that made it easier for the U.S. to expel migrants to prevent the spread of COVID-19. The controversial rule, Title 42, was put into place during the Trump administration at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic and has been policy for 38 months. 
It has been used to expel migrants back to Mexico or their home countries over two million times. Fox News has consistently promoted the idea that every single expulsion involved a new migrant. But there's a lot of evidence that some people have been expelled under Title 42 multiple times. So that I've seen this, the uh, number be anywhere from 2.6 to 2.8 million expulsions, but that it is not necessarily 2.6 to 2.8 brand new people. A lot of those people are the same people trying to re-enter. Uh, a person expelled under Title 42 was not penalized for illegally crossing into the U.S., which gave them the incentive to keep trying to re-enter the country. So that's It was sort of baked in the cake. It made it worse, actually. So some officials and advocates have argued that the policy caused some migrants to resort to more dangerous methods of entry because they figured, why not? If they're not going to penalize me, then I'm going to just keep trying and keep trying and keep trying and often put themselves in danger when they did that. So although Biden kept the rule in place, his administration did offer some exceptions under Biden, over 1 million people have been exempted from Title 42 and have been allowed to stay in the United States temporarily until their cases are heard in immigration court. Other migrants were detained and then removed under different laws. So these humanitarian exceptions and, and confusion about how Title 42 was implemented also added to the chaos and rush to illegally cross the border. These changes under the Biden administration also had the unintended consequence of increasing the amount of unaccompanied minors illegally entering the United States because they were also exempt. And this is actually not great because unaccompanied minors, obviously, it's just problems, problems, and problems dealing with children entering the United States illegally. So under the new rules, a migrant caught illegally crossing the border who fails to meet requirements for asylum will have to wait five years before attempting to enter again. So that's why there was this huge rush before Title 42 um, expired. And since Title 42 has expired, things have actually slowed down at the border, which was kind of unexpected, but that's what's happened. Now, Fox News predicted the exact opposite. And um, so this has been very interesting to see them spin it this week, but I'll report on this week, next week. Anyway, <laughs> it's been crazy. So title, the word, the phrase title 42 was mentioned 94 times last week, migrant 158 times, invade and invasion three times, the word border 343 times, and the word chaos 30 times. And you heard that in the clip. Now the next big story uh, that was almost equal to the amount of airtime that the title 42 like hysteria happened was the Hunter Biden nothing burger. And I say nothing burger because it was a nothing burger. And that was, uh, so representative James Comer, who's on the oversight committee in the house has been the main person pushing this Hunter Biden investigation. And he kept basically teasing the press with Wednesday. I'm going to have this big thing. Wednesday. I'm going to have this big announcement Wednesday, 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 don't indict Hunter Biden until I come out with my announcement. And then he came out with his announcement and it was crickets because he actually had no proof of anything. Here's uh, Jesse Waters on the five kind of freaking out about it. And now the media is saying they didn't link Joe Biden to the scandal. Right. Really? Joe Biden isn't linked to the Biden family bribe scandal at all? Really? Uh, he knows nothing about this? Then why do he leave a voicemail for his son explaining that he got away with it? You know, why do he fire the prosecutor? You know, why, when he becomes president, he shuts down 
the FBI China task force and then covers up the lab leak and then lets the balloon fly across the country. Why, why, why? Why, 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 why? Jesse Waters, do you even have a job? Why are you paid millions of dollars to say nonsense on television? Your charisma, eyebrows, and a full head of hair. And that's it. That's all you've got. You're not bright. Everybody makes fun of you for it. You even say, you say yourself, I'm not bright. How do I have this? Yes. How do you have a job? Why, 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 why? You're an emotional wreck. You, you are constantly saying misogynistic things. Ah, okay. Let's address that prosecutor, shall we? That's Victor Shokin. He was a widely seen as corrupt. In addition to vice president Biden, diplomats in the European Union, the International Monetary Fund, foreign investors, and anti-corruption advocates inside Ukraine all wanted him out. Shokin didn't investigate corruption, but instead used his office in ways to gain political leverage, why, which is why he was ultimately fired. The Ukrainian government launched an investigation into Shokin's office after he was removed and found no links, that's right, no links to any investigation into Hunter Biden. Shokin's office had investigated Burisma, the company that Biden worked for from 2010 to 2012. Hunter Biden joined Burisma in 2014. So this should be easy, right? But it's not. It's just not. You're still just going to make up stuff. So here's the rest of that clip. You want more? Yes. What else do you want? This (laughs) guy is a a straight. Okay. So all of this money can go into every member of the Biden family bank accounts. But if a single dollar doesn't go into Joe's checking account, then it's clean. So you can just have foreign nationals bribing politicians' families, corrupt ones. Foreign nationals convicted of bribery, bribing the Biden family, but the media says Joe's clean? Mm -hmm. You have to be kidding me. The guy is a walking blackmail operation. The Department of Justice knows the dirt. The FBI knows the dirt. China has dirt on them. The whole world has dirt on the Bidens. The world has the country by the Bidens. I could just do a collection of emotional rants by Jesse Waters and Greg Gutfeld and play them the next time anyone says women are more emotional than men because (laughs) both of those men completely lose their, like to the point that I'm like, are you going to start crying? Are you going to start crying, Jesse Waters? Which I get it. I mean, if it really, but I mean, it's not like this is a personal matter. I, I get it if it was a personal matter if you start crying. I'm not making fun of you for crying. I'm making fun of you for losing your mind over something like this. That I'm going to make fun of you for. That I'm going to make fun of Yes, I am. Because you trash women all the time for, you know, being like emotional messes. And yet both of you, both of those men, lose their minds on a daily basis on The Five. So uh, next is our other favorite from the five, which I'll imitate very quickly. I got to get away from my mic. Got to pull all the way back. Got to get get like halfway across the room and just go, I'm Judge Janine. I am angry and I'm mad and I'm going to, here's the thing. Just shut up. Shut up. Listen, listen to me. So this is Judge Janine in her sage wisdom on the Hunter Biden. This is how they do it. What you've got is the hallmarks of corruption, the accounts, the LLCs, the evasion, and the money laundering. 
The partners come in, collect the foreign money, and then distribute it to an LLC, to an LLC in incremental amounts. Joe Biden is the front man. Hunter Biden is the bag man. Okay, Joe Biden goes into foreign countries lecturing them about anti-corruption and he is representing the freest, greatest nation on earth and is wrapping himself in the flag of the United States while his son is collecting the money at the back door. This happened in Romania. And this happened in the Ukraine. Joe Biden uses his position as a vice president of the United States to tell Ukraine to get the prosecutor off the company where Hunter is a member and making $80,000 a month. Or he's going to withhold our taxpayer money a million dollars. All right. This is an point man in energy, an appoint man on anti-corruption, and his son is right behind him with the bags. Now, let's talk they about... They got George Santos, and I don't care about him one way or the other. In a couple of months, they got him on 13 charges. Hunter Biden, five and a half years, they can't figure out how to get him on a criminal charge. This is a corrupt family. It's the Biden crime family. So that clip is humorous for a number of reasons, because, well, it's, you know, Judge Janine's yelling which is how she talks all the time. Uh, number two, she gets the number wrong. It was actually $1 billion worth of military aid, not $1 million. And she's quoting herself, although most people wouldn't know it. There's this series on Fox Nation that I've broken down for my paid subscribers, which is called Who is Hunter Biden? And it's, it's ultimately 13 episodes. The first one is Who is Hunter Biden Part 1? Who is Hunter Biden Part 2? And Who is Hunter Biden Part 3? And in Hunter Biden Part 2, there's an episode called The Bag Man, which she just quoted. Hunter Biden is the bag man. Um, regardless, uh, Representative Comer did not find, admittedly, did not find any criminal uh, activity whatsoever. He basically uncovered that there was money coming from various companies that Hunter Biden was associated with many of those being foreign that went to uh, Biden family members, but not Joe Biden or Jill Biden. So no money actually went to, there's no proof of that. And it's not illegal to do business overseas. And it's not, and a lot of the money was being exchanged after uh, Biden had left the vice presidency. So after that term was finished. So it's really not proof of anything. It's actually old news. It's been reported on before. So it's it's a very much a nothing burger. And yes, just showing money moving from an LLC to a bank account is not proof of criminal activity. A uh, person is allowed to do business overseas. Ask the Trump family about doing business overseas because Ivanka did plenty of business, as did her husband, Jared Kushner. He actually took $2 billion from the Saudis right after Trump left office. So I'm sorry. What are we talking about here again? Uh, there might be criminal activity with Hunter Biden, but he has been investigated for five solid years uh, by a special prosecutor in Delaware. And that grand jury is still pending. Who knows? He might get busted for lying on a gun form. He probably won't get busted for tax evasion because he already paid his back taxes. Perhaps uh, he didn't file for a couple of years. It's a, I go into that in great detail uh, for my paid subscribers. And I'm going to do um, 
cheat sheet on Hunter Biden for everybody, for the general public, for anybody who subscribes to this channel soon. It's going to just basically be like, here's some of the things said about Hunter Biden. Here, here I am debunking them. Just very simple, not too complicated. Just bam, 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 bam. And one of those is that his back taxes, actually, he, uh, he was in the throes of drug addiction. His accountant died and there was two years he didn't pay his tax returns. He got busted for it. He paid the back taxes, um, but they're still investigating that. But um, so and yeah, the gun form also, he did lie on a, a gun form and said that he wasn't using drugs. Apparently, that's a very common thing that people do. It's usually not prosecuted, but who knows? Uh, but those two things are pending in Delaware and still nobody's found Nobody's made any criminal indictments yet. Now, this next clip addresses something else that happened last week that was very, woohoo, which was the CNN town hall of Donald J. Trump, uh, which was a complete disaster for so many reasons. Yes, CNN got a ratings boost for one day, but then it fell right off a cliff right after that. Uh, Chris Litch is the a new owner of CNN, and he's more on the conservative bent and he's been trying to make all these radical changes to CNN to move the network more towards the center or center right. And uh, it hasn't really worked out for the network so far. The ratings have plummeted. And um, he was the mastermind behind this brilliant idea to do this town hall with Trump in front of a exclusively Republican audience. So it was uh, New Hampshire voters uh, primary voters who'd voted for a Republican in the past. So it was independent and Republican voters. And it was just, it basically was a Trump rally. And then Caitlin Collins, who's only like, I think 30, she's very young, was the moderator for this town hall. And she was completely outgunned by Trump. Uh, she tried her best, I guess. I, I don't like to beat up on her because I don't think it was her fault. I think she was put in a terrible, terrible position. And I think... I don't think that it should have been done at all, personally, uh, because to give him a completely friendly audience and then it's so early. Why are we even doing this? It just all of it was just dis uh, just a disaster. But yet I also agree with some who will point out and I would say I would agree with this is that corporate media is going to do what's going to do. Uh, corporate media uh, doesn't necessarily have ethics, doesn't necessarily have any shame. They don't care. They just want ratings, especially when it's run by somebody who's like a billionaire who thinks he's some sort of mastermind of media who doesn't actually have experience working in media. Uh, so unfortunately, because of this situation, you know, the rest of the journalistic world can yell and scream all they want about how this was an outrage, but I don't think it's going to stop CNN. It's just like we can't stop Fox from doing this nonsense either. All we can do is point out what happened and why it was such a disaster and I, I made an annotated version of it, which was in crazy popular. Uh, it did gangbusters on every platform. I put it on except for YouTube, which that, that made me laugh. That YouTube, it's like 100 views. And like everywhere else, it's like tens of thousands of views. And it was basically me uh, removing Trump from the clip and just showing still images of it and breaking down what he'd said, uh, which is my way of like neutering him. And some people may not agree with my choice of doing that. They, oh, just ignore him. And I'm like, no, I just don't think ignoring him works because we can't really ignore him. However, I think removing emotion from it and just saying, this is what he said, this is what he said, this is what he said, pointing a quote out, that kind of thing, 
uh, and reducing it to two minutes is how I like to handle it. Uh, I got a lot of good feedback from people who cannot stand Trump over how I handled it. I'm going to probably continue to do that. They're very tedious to make, but I think they're helpful. So this is Miranda Devine, who is a partisan journalist from New York Post. She's She has the book on Hunter Biden, The uh, Laptop from Hell. She also has a very unusual Australian accent. I know many people from Australia, none of them sound quite like Miranda Devine. It's a very, very thick accent. Um, she can be a little bit hard to understand at times. But here she is on Fox News tonight, and both her and Kaylee McEnany never tell their audience that Trump was speaking to a invited Republican audience only. They act like this was just the general public and they just loved Trump. They loved him. Here we go. I don't know. You can take your pick as to who is your favorite, but that Joe Scarborough one, I mean, come on. <laughs> Hi, Kaylee. Uh, that was just hilarious. And they are so upset. They are so insecure because that was Donald Trump speaking unfiltered to the CNN audience that has been brainwashed uh, for the last four or five years that Donald Trump is a monster, that he's worse than Hitler. And, and here were three million viewers back home watching as he talked without a script, as he batted away the tough questions, as he was humorous and as the audience loved him. He got a standing ovation when he came in. They laughed at his jokes. They cheered him. Uh, that was that was like a dagger to the heart of the yeah, Trump deranged because they just want to keep their audience. They want to keep half of America in the dark about who Donald Trump really is. Yeah, they were all un-American cultists. Miranda. Uh, this is just typical from Joy Behar of the sort of hatred uh, that the anti-Trump and never-Trump crowd uh, go on with because uh, they cannot stand people thinking for themselves. They think that they are superior and that they have pronounced that Donald Trump is beyond the pale and he must be uh, just disappeared. And they're doing whatever they can with their lawfare and their stupid uh, prosecutions. And it's not working. There he is. He's bounced back. He's as popular as ever. And the audience was cheering. And it's just a sign of their own insecurity because their candidate is Biden. And Biden can't compete one-on-one. -on -one. They know that. Imagine, as you just said, imagine Joe Biden on that stage yeah. <laughs> next to Donald Trump. I mean, there's so much in that clip again that cracks me up. So she basically says the CNN has brainwashed its audience. She says this while on Fox News. No irony there. <laughs> okay. And then she says that the U.S. Uh, you know, populace doesn't know Trump. We don't know him. Ah, uh, he was our president for four years. And he remained unpopular the entire presidency. He did. He was unpopular the entire presidency. He did not win the popular vote. I don't know if you know that. Just letting you know, Miranda. And then he did not win the popular vote again. So he lost again. I know you guys like to blur that, but he was not popular. People know him. We know everything about him because the media was obsessed with him and they still remain obsessed with him. So, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And that, again, that audience was invited and they were all Republicans which was why one reason why that town hall was an absolute uh, disaster. And I don't want to waste too much time on the town hall because, boy, has that been covered to death. 
And uh, I, yeah, I just can't. CNN is just, if they want to go down in a flame of a blaze of glory to irrelevance and uh, be treated like a joke network, go, go for it. Tip of the hat. You know, you you can, you're owned by a billionaire. Let's do this. This is, again, this is part of the reason why I want to be self-funded because I don't, I don't, and, and this is, I admit this openly. Part of the reason why I want to be self-funded is if I worked for a, another organization, they'd probably tell me to knock off the impressions and I wouldn't be able to do them anymore. And I know that's like, it brings a lot of joy to my followers because I, I know from feedback, people love the impressions. And I just picture like a corporate person coming in and going, um, okay, Miss Jetsky, we can't do, we can't do that anymore. You can't do, you cannot do that. You cannot do that anymore. So you did that again. I did. I didn't, I didn't mean to. You did it again. You did it again. You went into a slight Judge Janine there. We're going to have to, we're going to have to rein you in. We're going to have to go through. We're going to have to admit that. We're going to take it out. We're going to take it out of the podcast. I mean, I don't want to say I'd never work for a corporate media because, you know, money is good and jobs are good. <laughs> and I will say that I'm, I am very good about following instruction. Like if I get a note, you don't have to give me that note twice. I'll say, yes, sir. If you're paying my rent, I say, yes, sir. Or mortgage in this case. Yes, sir. May have another. Or yes, ma'am. May have another. Or yes, person. May have another. I'm good about taking a note. But uh, where for now, I'm a weirdo who's self-funded and funded by a grant so I can be free to mock people I can't stand. So Newt Gingrich is uh, in this clip. And if you are know anything about politics, this man has been a political beast for decades. And he's awful. And here he is, in my humble opinion, purposely misleading the Fox News audience about the Democratic platform on abortion. No, and I, I don't think he'd have any understanding of why you were asking. Look, the, the Democratic Party now is committed to abortion at any time, including the last day of the ninth month. Yes. And a large number of them are now committed to infanticide for up to 30 days after the baby is actually born. Uh, and there's a significant belief on their part that, in fact, you, the taxpayer, should pay for an abortion on the last day or should pay for infanticide up to 30 days afterwards. So there's so much going on there in that short clip. Number one, you've got the Hyde Amendment, which prevents any federal funds from being used for abortion, regardless of the state. And that's a pretty ironclad law. And um, so I don't know what he's talking about with Democrats want you to pay for abortions. Uh, I'm sure they'd love to have the Hyde Amendment go away, but it's the law for now. So I, again, what is he talking about? Second, there's nothing about infanticide on the Democratic platform uh, in terms of reproductive rights or abortion. In fact, I don't know of any organization that is promoting infanticide to become legal in the United States. Infanticide being the murder of a child that's already been born. Uh, what is going on here is I think the Republican Party finally figured out that all these polls that they claimed weren't accurate are accurate and that 61% of the American public, according to Pew Research, their last report, uh, supports abortion rights and supports uh, people getting access to abortion. So what's been going on is uh, they anti-abortion activists have been taking laws and trying to twist them, claiming that they're pro-infanticide when they're not. The best example I included in the newsletter was in California, and it was a bill that was supposed to prevent parents from being criminally investigated after they had a stillborn child, and that's a child that's basically deceased at birth. 
Uh, and they had to actually change the wording of the bill just to clarify a thousand percent that it was about pregnancy-related causes that caused the death. So because of these concerns by anti-abortion activists, the language was actually changed to include perinatal death due to a pregnancy-related cause. So if a baby died after it was born uh, under suspicious circumstances, it, yes, 100% would still be investigated um, by the state to see if that death was caused uh, you know, it was like basically a murder. I also included a link from the Kaiser Family Foundation in terms of late-term abortions, which it's, this is their quote. Reasons individuals seek abortions later in pregnancy include medical concerns such as fetal abnormalities or maternal life endangerment, as well as barriers to care that cause delays in obtaining an abortion. Abortions at or after 21 weeks are uncommon and represent 1% of all abortions in the U.S. Typically, these procedures cost well over $1,000, excluding the cost in travel and lost wages. They normally require treatment over multiple days and are only performed by a subset of all abortion providers. So this is incredibly rare. Uh, despite what uh, anti-abortion activists will say, um, they can't provide any evidence. I've, I've seen some of the nonsense promoted on the other side. And, you know, if you're against abortion... Fine, but don't make stuff up to prove your point. And that's exactly what Newt Gingrich just did. So this next clip was to sort of address a article published in Vanity Fair that purported that Tucker Carlson may have been fired due to his overt Christianity, like his overt use of promotion of his Christian faith. Uh, and I just thought, who, who wrote that? I looked the person up and I thought maybe that person has a great source and that person knows the source knows a lot of things going on at Fox News. But it felt to me like that may have been purposefully leaked to get Carlson's uh, fans all riled up. And I say this because I actually do watch a lot of Fox News and I've seen Harris Faulkner and Shannon Bream and Ansley Einhart and Kaylee McEnany all aggressively promote their Christian faith on the network. Shannon Breams even came out with a balked set of her book, Love Stories of the Bible Speak. She has a whole series about the Bible that Fox News enthusiastically endorsed and promoted. So um, I just found this very strange. And all last week, not just on the day, I have a clip I'm going to play for you, that I included all of the Jesus and Christianity references from Monday's show. But the entire week, at the end of each episode, uh, Kaylee McEnany included a, a short segment about um, various Christian-based movies and television series that she wanted to promote. And she had stars from these shows on, and she had writers from these shows on, and they talked very, very openly about their Christian faith. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with promoting your Christian faith. It's a little odd to do that on a news program that's not a Christian-based news program, but Fox, you know, they don't have, they seemingly don't have a problem with this whatsoever. I think Fox knows their base. They know a lot of their viewers are Christian and they just want to promote Christianity. It's fine, whatever. Um, and I'm not playing this to make fun of Kaylee McEnany. She has every right to be uh, enthusiastic about her faith and that's great. Uh, I just wanted to point this out because I thought the Vanity Fair article was just way, 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 way off. Um, so here's the clip, and this again is just from one day. But the next day, with my mom 
dad, husband, and Jesus Christ by my side. And only by the strength of God and the support of my family was I able. I believe the three main reasons are a lack of faith, family, and formation. We have a disconnect with faith, and I'm not necessarily talking about uh, a partic particular type of religion, but just faith in general. Um, we're seeing more and more people not connected to any kind of faith life. Well, the gospel story of Jesus Christ is now a streaming sensation. The Chosen is a Christian TV series that follows the life of Jesus. And in the midst of that, uh, my wife felt like God was just laying it extremely powerfully on her heart, almost as clear as though it was an audible voice. Mm -hmm. Another thing that my wife felt like God was leading to her, uh, leading in her heart was that uh, he does impossible math. So we're trying to figure all this out. Well, God laid it on my heart to tell you that. And I'm going, my job was to make the best loaves and fish that I could. If God deemed them worthy of acceptance, that was it. So I also went through all the transcripts from Fox News tonight after I noticed this was a trend. She was doing it every single night. And Jesus got mentioned 23 times, God 19, faith 12, Christ 12, Christian 7, gospel 4, and miracle once. And again, no problem with that. You can talk about your faith if your boss is okay with it. We live in a free country. It's a bit odd to, to do it on a news program that's not like a Christian-based news program. But if her bosses are okay with it, that's fine. I just needed to point that out because I just thought the claim about Tucker Carlson, of all people, being too Christian was absolutely patently absurd. <laughs> and I just wanted to point that out. I, I have no beef with the Vanity Fair journalist. I'm sure he knows a lot about Fox News and has sources inside Fox News that I could only dream of. But uh, I just I just thought, somebody's not actually watching the network. Because if they did watch the network, they'd know that that just doesn't make a ton of sense. Because, boy, because apparently the, the theme, the the claim in the article was that Rupert Murdoch's last fiance, who they, they are no longer together anymore, had similar religious beliefs to Tucker Carlson and viewed Tucker Carlson as kind of a prophet and that kind of ticked off Rupert Murdoch. And there you go. Maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know, but it's certainly not because Tucker Carlson was too Christian, quote unquote. Absolutely no. Um, so next up we have the, and it's not that long this week. It's, it, there wasn't, uh, PBS also kind of hit the same stories over and over. So every week I compare 20 hours of Fox News uh, that I watch and analyze with five hours of the PBS NewsHour. The following list are stories that PBS covered that Fox News did not. And again, it's not as bad as it is in past weeks. Here we go. The National Association of Government Employees filed a lawsuit against the federal government to block enforcement of a law that sets the nation's debt limit. The argument being that the president does not have the right to make decisions on spending without Congress. Uh, heavy rains caused massive flooding in eastern Congo, which killed over 400 people and left nearly 3,000 homeless. The winners of the Pulitzer Prize were announced last week. The father and son duo of John Archibald and Ramsey Archibald both won a prize for their work exposing local police corruption in Alabama. Their reporting led to the resignation of the police chief, four new laws, and some people being freed from prison. Haiti continues to descend into chaos as criminal gangs take over most parts of the country. Iran executed two people convicted of blasphemy. The two men ran a telegram channel called Critique of Superstition and Religion, according to the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom. 
Russia celebrated Victory Day, the annual remembrance of the Soviet Union's defeat of the Nazi regime in World War II. The parade was noticeably scaled down this year as most of Russia's military equipment is being used in the war in Ukraine. The former Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, was arrested last week on corruption charges. His arrest sparked violent protests. The Supreme Court ruled his arrest was unconstitutional and he was released. Although that's sort of pending. We'll see what happens with that. New guidelines set by the United States Preventative Service Task Force recommended women should get mammograms every other year starting at the age of 40. Daniel Perry, the man who was convicted of shooting a Black Lives Matter protester and driving his car directly into a crowd, was sentenced to 25 years in prison. Perry has also had several social media posts where he indicated he wanted to hurt or kill Black Lives Matter protesters. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has said he wants to issue a pardon for Perry. A Senate Judiciary Committee hearing focused on the court's ethics and the need for a Supreme Court Code of Conduct in response to reports of Justice Clarence Thomas not declaring gifts and trips paid for by wealthy Republican donors. Inflation cooled slightly in April, with consumer prices rising at a 4.9% annual rate. It's the first time since June 2021 that the rate has dropped below 5%. 2% is the ideal that most economists shoot for. PBS produced a segment on the economic crisis in Sri Lanka. The Sri Lankan government defaulted on its debt last year, but has since secured a $3 billion loan from the International Monetary Fund. Fox has reported on the story, but falsely tried to claim the economic collapse was due to the adoption of green energy policies. The real reason is a combination of stresses caused by the pandemic, mismanagement, and old-fashioned corruption. Gaza militants fired roughly 400 rockets into Israel in retaliation to Israeli airstrikes that killed 21 people including three Islamic Jihad senior commanders. Rockets fired from Gaza the next day killed a 70-year-old Israeli man. On Friday, Israel responded by firing rockets into Gaza, killing jihadist leader and his aide. Fox did report on this, which is rare for the network, but their focus was on the death of the three Islamic Jihad leaders. They only reported on the one incident and then stopped. So on May 11th, 2023, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announced proposed new carbon pollution standards for coal and gas-fired power plants that will protect public health, reduce harmful pollutants, and deliver up to $85 billion in climate and public health benefits over the next two decades. Republican legislators in Ohio are attempting to change laws to make it more difficult for vote voters to change laws via referendum votes or ballot measures. Similar movements are also happening in the Missouri State Legislature. The primary motivator for the changes is the fear that voters might roll back some of the more extreme restrictions on abortion. Last week, Turkey held a presidential election. The incumbent president, uh, Erdogan, faces a runoff election against challenger Kemal Kılıçdaroğlu, as neither candidate secured a majority of votes. Mississippi journalist and civil rights activist Hotting Carter III died at the age of 88. He also worked at, in the U.S. State Department during the Carter administration, where he informed Americans about the Iran hostage crisis. Fox News also largely ignored the war in Ukraine. PBS included short segments about the war throughout the week and produced an extended segment about the tanks and armored vehicles that the U.S. has given to the U 
Ukraine military. Now let's take a look at those charts for by the numbers. Every week I basically take these crazy spreadsheets that I make and I reduce both Fox and PBS down to the five top five topics. So uh, Fox was really slanted uh, last week. It was 23% Hunter Biden, 22% border crisis, making 55% of the network dedicated to two of those stories, um, which is why this podcast is a little late this week because it was like researching two major stories and it just takes uh, twice as much time. The subway choking death was 6%. Trump CNN town hall was 5% and Biden running for office again was 5%. PBS in stark contrast 16% was a border contrast, which that makes the border crisis, which makes sense because we do have a border crisis and title 42 was a big deal. I don't know if it was as of a big deal that Fox made it out to be, but 10% of PBS was dedicated to the impending debt ceiling that we're facing. Uh, artist profile, which is the standard on PBS was 6%. The uh, civil trial that Eugene Carroll one against Trump was 6%, and then 5% was the Ukraine war. Words used on Fox for the week ending uh, May 14th, 2023. Biden staggering 832 times. I, could, I had to triple check that one. That is never seen numbers like that because they were basically, they kept saying Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and that just contributed to this absurd amount of 832 times. The border also staggering at 343. Trump 253 times. That was due to the town hall. Hunter Biden 206 mentions. That's a lot. Migrant 158. China Chinese 94. Title 42 94. Crime 58. Russia 51. Chaos, which was again with the border 30. Inflation only 19 times. DeSantis only 13 times. AOC made the list again at seven, as did Fetterman at five. Uh, RF Kennedy Jr. five times. Iran twice. My cats have been making a lot of noise during this podcast and Thor is currently next to me throwing up a toy and I can't stop him. I live in a one room apartment. I've had to restop and re-record things like crazy today. I like to do this podcast at night, but this one was like a double podcast in some ways because it was two major stories and I had to go back through a bunch of stuff to find sources. So anyway, ha 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 ha. I'll be looking at Fox and Friends of the Five, Fox News Tonight, and the Ingram Angle this week. I'm including Fox News Tonight every week until they find a permanent host because I think it's interesting to see the different hosts and how they're handling that time slot. If you would like to become a supporter of this podcast and newsletter, you can go to my Substack for Decoding Fox News. You can also go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News, and there's a little dollar sign next to my name at Twitter. Anything is always amazingly appreciated I'm really, really hoping to make this thing self-funded. I think I'm there. Not quite there yet. It's probably going to take a few more months. Um, but it keeps growing every single week. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. If you want to give me a good review on Apple Podcasts, also appreciated, or wherever you're getting this podcast. My, my uh, podcast mascots, Odin and Thor, have been obnoxiously loud today, which is why I've had to re-record things, re-record. You don't know that. You don't know that. But it's why this is coming out so late because I can't have like this thumping of two little tiny cats chasing each other. They're adults, but they're young. So they still like chase each other back and forth throughout my apartment. And my apartment is 450 square feet. I'm a, this is a, yeah, it's not a very big space. But anyway, thanks for listening. I will see you at the next podcast. <laughs>